Hello and welcome back to the Eye to Eye podcast for episode 5. On the show today we are joined by Eye to Eye coach and former Premier League star Darren Williams. Darren discusses beating Manchester United at Old Trafford, tussling with Zola, Henri, Patrick Vieira and co, as well as coaching at our Northumbria campus. Daz, thank you very much for joining us on the I2I podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Um, excited for the game to start ramping up again in the next few weeks? Yeah, I mean, we're desperate to get back into it now. Um, you know, the guys, the guys are eager. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of close to the finish line as such of getting over over this uh, scenario that we've been in. Um, but the lads are absolutely buzzing, you know, ready to get back on the pitch and get going again. Yeah, how are the lads looking here? Looking fit? Yeah, I mean, yes, yes, and no. I mean, obviously, from a fitness point of view, of you know, we, we, we've you know, we've we've sent them on runs. You know, we've we've been doing technical work with them. Uh, you know, you know, we've obviously individually, um, you know, because that's been the situation. Um, so yeah, looking all right in that sense. But I think uh, you know, as you know from games, from match match fitness is completely different uh, to just doing one on ones and, and and you know and setting them off on runs. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So take us back to the very start of your football career. Then, how old were you when you when you first got scouted? Uh, when I first got scouted, yeah, I was, I was quite a late late bloomer, really. Obviously, in uh, you know in current times, you know, you know, lads started as young as five and six. Um, but you know, myself, you know, I was more more ten, eleven year old uh, when I got scouted by Middlesbrough. Um, you know, and then I had a, had a couple of opportunities. I uh, went elsewhere to QPR, uh, Everton. Uh, you know, on on trial basis. Uh, spent a, a lot of time in QPR Centre of Excellence, um, but you know was, was really got attached to Middlesbrough at the time, um, and, and ended up being there for for, for quite a few years. Um, but you know, again, you know, it was it was a tough decision when it when it came to it. You know, did, did I do a taker an apprenticeship um, with a year's professional um, at a club, obviously, which you know is my, is my hometown club. Um, but not only that, you know, there was a lot. There was a lot of guys there at the time, a lot of players. Um, you know, and personally, I felt, you know, I, w- I would possibly get overlooked. Did you always know that you were going to to be a footballer, or were there kind of other avenues that you could have gone down at that time? No, I mean, it was something that obviously that I always wanted to do, and um, you know, I, I used to get in, in in trouble at school for for keeping a ball on my desk or <laughs> underneath my desk. Um, I used to dribble through the corridors with the ball and obviously get told off. Um, but it, it, I think the teachers knew, you know, it was something that obviously, you know, that, that I wanted to do and I was desperate to do. Um, but obviously I was also encouraged to, you know, to get an education or get some qualifications behind me as well, because, you know, as a, as a young lad then, you know, you were just desperate to play football and, you know, a lot of lads are now, but I think, you know, it's more, there's more in-depth uh, look into it now where, you know, some guys have to finish early with injuries or, or some guys just don't make the grade. Uh, but obviously, if you have an educational side at the anchor, then you know it's fantastic. You mentioned you were quite a, a late bloomer in terms of when you were scouted. Do you know why why that was? I don't know, to be quite honest. Um, I don't think maybe it's go, going years back when obviously, you know, I was a youngster. Um, and, and this is this was after the black and white tellies. Um <laughs> Basically, uh, I don't think there was, it, it was that you know there was that many scouts about there uh, then in those days. I think it's it's more and more now that you know uh, clubs are trying to get into youngsters at a, a young age uh, to develop them and bring them bring them through. Uh, hopefully, to you know to create a better player. Um, but not only that, I think you know clubs now from a financial point of view are thinking, well, if we can get a superstar, you know, at you know six, seven, eight year old. You know, then obviously, you know, they're not having to pay for this this guy at 16, 17, 18 year old. Uh, so fast forward a little bit. Um, you joined York City's youth system back in 1993. How did that come about exactly? Yeah, well, I mean, like I say, it was a tough decision because I'd been offered something by Middlesbrough. Um, but from from my point of view, I, I, again, you know, I felt I would be overlooked. I wanted to, I wanted to play in the first team early. I was eager to get in the first team, and I just felt. If I stayed at Middlesbrough, you know, that opportunity probably wouldn't come as soon. Um, I went to York, uh, you know, trained a few times with uh, Ricky Sprazier. You know, it was a great bloke. Um, you know, I went on to obviously, you know, manage Sunderland, the assistant manager there. You know, be connected with Man United. 
you know, he's uh, obviously involved in uh, Scottish football. Uh, you know, with the with the guys up there. Uh, you know, he's a fantastic guy, and and he, you know, the way he coached and and the way he he kind of man managed uh, myself and obviously other players. You know, I felt really settled there. Uh, you know, so I, I I took the the opportunity to to drop down. You know, uh, quite a long way from Middlesbrough to, to York uh, in in division centres. And and this is what we try to get over to the to the guys at Eye to Eye. You know, don't you know don't give up. You know, if if you don't if you don't feel like you're going to make it at a certain level, there's there's other levels that you can achieve. Um, and not only that, you know, that can springboard you back up to where you want to be. Um, you know, and I think from my point of view, you know, that was my thoughts. I wanted to be in the first team early. I wanted to get a good opportunity, and there was that there was that feel good factor from York as well. And I'm right in saying that you were quite prolific back in the day in that youth system. I was. <laughs> I was quite quite prolific actually. Um, I actually scored um, three against Sunderland, um, actually on Bootham Crescent, um, all, all being at two with penalties. Like, but um, but yeah, I, w- I was quite quite prolific. I did score quite a few goals, and um, I think in those in those days, I was more more of an attacking player and used more as an attack attacking player than uh, than obviously I was, you know, later on in my career. Yeah, so you eventually got on to make your first team debut about eighteen months later. Uh, what what was that like, and can you remember it well still? Yeah, I, yeah, I can remember it. You know, we we were at home. It was it was a Boxing Day. Um, you know, I, I came on. You know, we we won the game comfortably. Um, but this this is where this is where I was get, I was getting at with with uh, Ricky Spurger. Um, I finished I finished the game. Obviously, having you know been in the first team, you know, still being uh, you know a youth player as such, um, and I. I came off the pitch. I got in the dressing room, and you know all the guys getting the shower and going the bath after the game and stuff. And you know I was getting stripped, and Ricky Spurrier came in, uh, and one of my duties was to clean the away dressing room that week. Um, so he, you know, he made me put my kit back on, and he made me go down to and clean the away dressing room um, before I even got a shower or a bath. You know, so at, at one point I was in the first team and I was in and around it all, and then within a split second I was down in the away dressing room cleaning the dressing room. Um, but for me, you know, it kept me grounded. Um, you know, it gave me, you know, it gave me that sense of, you know, I haven't made it yet. You know, I'm not there yet. Um, but yes, you're in the first team, but, you know, you don't forget the route and you don't forget where you've come from type of thing or, or your responsibilities. Um, you know, and, I, you know, I thank Ricky for that because, you know, I think, you know, he, he helped massively in uh, having an influence over my career. Yeah, that's, uh, the times have certainly changed, aren't they, in terms of cleaning boots and cleaning away <laughs> Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean scrubbing, scrubbing corridors and stuff, that don't happen now. <laughs> no scrubbing at all, is there? <laughs> um, the following season, you quickly became a, a regular starter in that York side. How old were you at this point? Uh, I was. I was think I was gone uh, 18, 19. Um, you know, and now, like I say, I was re- you know, regularly playing. Um, I was coming up to a to a new contract, um, and unfortunately, um, we we couldn't agree terms. As um, you know, York kind of offered me the same as as, as other guys um, that had not you know maybe done as much as I did in that season. Um, you know, and I just felt you know I, I've never been one for for wanting and demanding uh, you know great sums of money. Uh, you know, it's it's not how I am. Uh, you know, I was happy. Happy with playing it, you know, in professional football. I was happy, you know, with earning earning decent money, um, and I, ne- I never really pushed and pushed and pushed for for big contracts, you know, throughout my career. Uh, but I just felt at York, I'd done a little, I'd done more, and I just felt, you know, hopefully they would see that, and obviously, you know, would would credit me, you know, with a bit more. Uh, unfortunately, they wouldn't. Um, they offered me an extra twenty pound a week, um, which really, you know, in in, in all terms. You know, I, I went away, thought about it. I didn't really, you know, just throw it back in their face, etc. Because I, you know, again, I'm not that type of person. But the more and more I thought about it, the more I thought, I thought, you know, I've I've taken the opportunity to drop down from Middlesbrough to York um, to get early first team appearances and stuff. Um, I've achieved that. Um, I'm going to go with my, you know, my gut instinct again. And uh, and I, and I just said to the to the club, you know, thank you, but no thanks. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we the manager fell out with me and, and the chairman fell out with me at the time. Um, but thankfully enough, my gut instinct was, you know, the fact that I, I did move on. So so what were you like as an 18-year-old then? Were you quite kind of 
you knew what you wanted exactly. Were you quite driven in terms of the goals that you set for yourself? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I, I worked my stocks off. Uh, you know, if you, if you ask if you ask any guys that were in and around, obviously, York at that time, um, or, you know, in, in the youth team with me, um, I'd run to training in the morning um, rather than get on the minibus. Um, I'd run back after training. Um, you know, I'd go and open the gym up on a night, um, you know, and go and work in the, in the gym. Um, and, you know, and we'd go and play head tennis and stuff. You know, it, it, this is all stuff that we do, you know, with the, with the guys at eye to eye you know, the head tennis, because it works on your touch, it works on your, you know, your, your range of passing and, you know, and, and your control, etc. And there's there's a lot of things that we do, that I did as a youngster, that we still do now, you know, and we still bring into the training sessions that we, we deliver at eye to eye because, you know, I feel that not only myself, you know, you know, Jonathan Green and etc. you know, these guys did all this type of stuff, um, you know, and, and, and we got where we wanted to. And I'm not saying it will always get you where you want to, but, if you're driven and, and you, you know you you work hard and, and you concentrate on the stuff that we deliver, and we try and get you guys to to you know put on for us, then you know you've got a, you've got a fighting chance, and you know hopefully you know the guys you know see that and uh, you know work as hard as obviously we did when we were young. Yeah, you mentioned you used to run to training there. I can't see many of uh, your lads running to Coach Lane. <laughs> no, no, not really. I can't, I can't see that. I mean, to, I mean, to be fair, it was it was a canny run, uh, to be quite honest. You know, from Booth and Crescent to the to the old training ground, which is you know, it, I think it's just past Taxby Road where the old training ground uh, mm-hmm. used to be. Um, you know, and it is a fair trek, but it was something that you know I, I just wanted to do, and I kept myself you know at a very very high fitness level. Um, so you know, if if any opportunities did come along. You know, I knew my fitness was there, um, you know, and, you know, working on my first, you know, first touch, working on my control, working on my passing, uh, you know, on a daily basis um, and keep myself in that, you know, that physical condition that, you know, I was ready to go if, if anybody came along. Daz, I've got to ask you about that game at Old Trafford against Manchester United in 1995. Just how, how did you manage to win there 3-0? Do you know, I, did, I still scratch my head to this day because, you know, it was so, it was... It was just a blur, a blur at times. You know, you you look. I mean, it was a fantastic game, and and, and I think I think we probably approached it in the right manner. Um, you know, the manager, you know, he didn't put no pressure on us. You know, we worked on things throughout the week. Uh, but you're playing against Man United. You know, there's. I don't think it matters what you work on. Um, you know, you can work and work and work on different formations, different situations. Um, but I think it was just we went into the game relaxed and. and and in a mindset of go and enjoy it, you know, you, you're gonna you're gonna grace a pitch, you know, at Old Trafford. You're gonna be out there, you know, against you know some of the top players, you know, in, in the country. Um, go and enjoy it, you know, and, and let's see what happens. And we knew that we, you know, we were a hard working team. You know, we got in, we got in teams' faces. We worked hard. You know, we kept a, like I say a high level of fitness, uh, so you know we could continue that through you know through the ninety minutes. And I think, in all fairness, you know, we we shocked Man United in, in our approach to the game. I think you know they were maybe expecting that we we would respect them more on the pitch than that than what we did, but we didn't. You know we respected them off the pitch, but as soon as you cross that white line, you know like like I say to the you know our guys at Edgeway, you know the gold team, the red team, you know when I was down in York, you know with a white team, you have respect for teams, uh, you know that you come up against. You know we'll play showcase games, you know we'll get showcase games from the guys against Liverpool, you know. Wolves, you know, we've been all over the country, you know, playing different TNS, you know, first teams in the Champions League. Um, but I always say to the guys, you know, respect the, you know, respect the team. But once you cross that white line, there's no respect anymore. You know, you, you're out there to win a game and out there to compete. Uh, you know, so give it your all and enjoy it. You know, your careers can be short-lived. You know, so enjoy it. Yeah, Sir Alex Ferguson, part of the likes of David Beckham, Phil Neville, Ryan Giggs, Lee Sharp, just to name a, a few there. Um, just try and put into context just how big of an upset this actually was. I mean, it was massive. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, we we, we were lowly York in the, you know in the, in the lower tier, lower football tier. Um, you know, Man United. You know, the you know, Champions League. You know, Premier League champions. You know, it was such a you know, you know it, like I say, it's, it's mind blowing what you think of coming away from Old Trafford with 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 three goals in the bag, ready for the second leg. Um, but we knew, obviously, the second leg would be a really tough game and, and there was always a chance that we could lose, you know, and, and go out the competition. Um, but I think the biggest thing for us and, and, you know, that helped us and spurred us on was the fact that we we walked off Old Trafford to a standard evasion. Um, 
you know, and for us, that's you know, that's immense. You know, not only that, I think I think we gained a lot of respect from from the guys on the pitch that day. You know, your Beckham's, your Giggs, you know, your Paul Parkers, your, you know, the list's endless. Um, but the return leg, we always knew that there'd be a, a couple of new faces in there. You know, so it was going to be even harder um, for us to, you know, to to get a result. Um, but fortunately enough, you know, things turned out well for us. Didn't you almost get on the score sheet at the at Old Trafford as well? I did, to be quite honest, and I, I, I was actually put up front for the last 10-15 minutes. Um, <laughs> well, we, we obviously, we had, we had a guy dismissed, um, and then basically, obviously, it was kind of like stick-alone striker up there, but because I was kind of the fittest in the club, it was kind of, well, let's just put Daz up there and let, you know, let him just run around. And actually, the ball went over the top and actually got in between um, Paul Parker and the goalkeeper, um, and I managed to, to get my head there before the keeper got there. And it looped over the keeper, but unfortunately, Paul Pike was still in his stride and he got back and cleared it before it obviously, you know, crossed the line, which which would have been, you know, would have been immense, you know, scoring at Old Trafford, you know, especially in, the, in that occasion. But then obviously, not only that, you know, we would have come away 4 0 up, which would have made it even better. The shirt have come off if he scored. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, I was, I was ripped it around. <laughs> um, so at the end of your, your time at York, you decided to, I think you mentioned it earlier, actually. Um, you decided to hand in a, a transfer request. Um, I know you touched on it a little bit, but what's kind of that process like exactly? How do you kind of hand a transfer request in? It's, it, it's you know, it was difficult because obviously, you know, you're still, you're still a young lad, you know, and you and this is your career. And you, and, and in a sense, I suppose you, you're taking a gamble because I didn't know if anybody was interested in, you know, in me as a player. Um, you know, there's been nobody, no approaches, you know, because obviously I was still contracted with York. Um, so I, I took, you know, I took a chance. I took a, you know, a risk in it, in a sense. Um, and it was weird because obviously, like I say, I, you know, fell out with the manager and fell out with the chairman, and I was kind of training on my own. Um, so I was given like a bag of balls and some cones and sent down the far end of the training ground, you know, to set up my own session, really. Um, which you, you know, you could, I think lads will look at that and think, well, well, that's a bit harsh. Like, you know, not, normally you would get sent with the reserves or the youth team, but I was just basically sent on my own. Um, and I think that was based because, you know, at that time, the first team and the reserve team trained together anyway. Um, and the youth team, you know, trained a little bit further away. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I could have gone and trained with anybody else. So, I, you know, I set used to set dribbling stuff up on my own and, you know, and, and just generally do bits and pieces. Um, and then, like I say, I was, I was driving to, to York one day and I, I got a phone call. Um, and I actually thought it was one of the guys from, from York messing about. Um, so I've answered, I've answered the call and the, the guy on the other end said, hi, it's Paul Bracewell. And I went, oh, yeah, right, that's OK. You know, stop taking the mick and like, I put the phone down. I never thought nothing of it. Um, and about two seconds later, my mum rang me. My mum said, Daz, Paul Bracewell's going to ring you from Sunderland. I was like, oh, mum, I've just put the phone down on him. I thought it was one of the lads messing about. <laughs> so fortunately, fortunately enough, I rang the number back straight away and Paul Bracewell answered the phone and he said, it's a good job I'm a patient guy, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I said, I thought it was the guys taking the mick at York. Um, and what the long and short of that, you know, I ended up going up for a trial game. Um, and I actually played alongside Peter Reid in the game, which was crazy. Uh, I was just like, wow. Because I, I looked at the team, I looked at the team on the board and I could I, I, I could name all the other players, you know, and you know, Quinns and people like that, you know, and Paul Stewart's. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. And it just had Reed next to me. And I was like, who's Reed? I was like, there's no Reed in this team. And then Peter Reed come in and he just sat next to me, slapped me on the leg and he went, right, son, you're playing next to me today. He went, you do all my running. He went, and then just give me the ball. <laughs> and, and like I say, fortunately enough, I did that for him. Um, and, you know, fortunately enough for me, I got offered obviously a, a contract the night after I went to watch uh, Sunderland v Middlesbrough at Roker Park, um, which finished in a draw. Um, and that night there and then I signed uh, a five-year deal. Okay, that's some midfield duo, that Williams and Reed. Not getting past them, Well, it was. No, not a chance. <laughs> um, so, so you signed for Sunderland, like you said, a, a massive club, uh, probably even even bigger back then, uh, closer to home. What, what was that feeling like for you? I, it was, you know, it was just surreal to be quite honest because, you know, I'm, you know, no disrespect to the guys at York, but, you know, I'm stepping out of, of a dressing room at York and I, I'm stepping into a dressing room that, you know, I watch these guys on match of the day on, on a weekend, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, that's great. And I look at it, you know, and I, and then I'm sat next to these guys 
Um, and you know what? They were, they were brilliant, to be fair. You know, they, they took me in, obviously. Um, you know, Niall Quinn was fantastic. Um, you know, Kevin Ball was immense. You know, he, 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 you could go and approach Kevin at any time and ask him, you know, for some advice and this, that, and the other. And, you know, he, he'd be top draw. And uh, as all the players were, to be quite honest, you know, they were, they were all really good. Uh, but, I'm, you know, fortunately for me, I managed to, to, to blend in, you know, quite quickly. And I think, you know, obviously my fitness levels, et cetera, helped massively. Um, you know, in, in achieving that because I was, you know, I was ready and, and ready to go, really. Like I said, you know, I put in all the hard work, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting. And obviously the opportunity rose and, you know, and I got this opportunity. And, and this is, like I say, you know, this is what we say with the lads, you know, in, in the in the academies that we have, you know, eye to eye. Keep, you know, keep your fitness up, you know, keep working on, you know, your, your weaker foot, keep working on your touch, keep working on your passing. You know, and, and I've, you know, I've taken some guys, you know, there was... There was the whites, there was some of the oranges, uh, there was the golds, you know. I've taken these guys back to Sunderland, you know, where, you know, where obviously, you know, my career was, you know, to watch games and to to sample stuff. You know, we played against the, the Sunderland Academy, um, you know, and we've got them in and around the environment. So they can, you know, they can see that, you know, and they can see the drive of the players and, and how hard they work and, and what they do, Um you know, and all these opportunities that we give the guys is, you know, is is not only experience, but it's if they're ever in a situation like that, you know, they they know what to do, you know, and, and they know how to handle it. So, with you being born in Middlesbrough, did you support Middlesbrough growing up as a, as a kid? I did. Yeah, I went. I went to the games. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I, I went as a youngster. I went to watch the games at Middlesbrough. Um, like I say, you know, I was there. I was there for for a while. Um, obviously, in, in the academy, etc. I went to Sunderland and, and things changed. Um, although, you know, a lot of people didn't like me in Middlesbrough because <laughs> um, I went that's to Sunderland. But, you know, that, that, yeah, yeah, but that, you know, that's standard. We'll get to that one next. But I just, things changed. You know, I just, I got, I, I got taken in by Sunderland. I got, you know, the, the fans welcomed me, the, you know, the club welcomed me and everyone was just unbelievable. And, you know, we say about the passion in the North East. You know, and it it is immense. It's absolutely immense. But when the fans get behind you, there's nothing better. Um, you know, and and having experienced that at the stadium of light when it's you know it's packed out, you're playing Chelsea. You know, you know, in games like that, it's just unreal. And the hairs now stand up on the back of my neck because I'm thinking about it. You know, and I I can you know take my mind back to those games and 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 the volume and and how passionate you know the northeast is for football. So how did it feel when you scored that winner against against them for Sunderland in, in '97, which effectively you <laughs> boy the club? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, I laugh about it, but it, it, it was my second goal. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, been back quite a few times, and, but you know, it was it was my second goal for Sunderland. My first one was away at Leicester. Um, you know, I Where managed to break. <laughs> no, there weren't that many. <laughs> So I managed to break away and 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 I managed to score with my left foot, obviously my weaker foot, you know, which again, you know, I say to the guys, keep working on, keep working on. And, you know, the opportunity came where, you know, I had a left foot volley and, and I put it in the bottom corner. And and that was a, for my first goal away, you know, it's, you know, Leicester was fantastic. But, you know, I'm then getting the opportunity to play against my hometown. Um, it's close to my birthday. It's about two, two, two or three days away from my birthday. So, you know, I, I'm buzzing, you know, I, I'm ready for it. Um, we worked all week on a, on a system on a formation. Um, I was given the um, the 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 great opportunity of of marking uh, Janino. Um, you know, he was a fantastic player. Um, and like I say, we you know we worked we worked tirelessly all all week. And it was a massive game. You know, we were struggling as a club. You know, Middlesbrough was struggling as a club. Uh, you know, in in the relegations uh, scenario. Um, so it was a massive occasion. Um, and the, the funniest thing is, is we turns up and we goes in the dressing room and Bobby Saxon always writes a team up on the board that, you know, the middles beside. So as soon as he gets the, the team sheet, he'll write the team up, the formation, etc. So like I say, Re- Peter Reader will then do his talking. So I, I, I'm sat there and, and, you know, we're all sat there listening to Peter Reed, and then Peter Reed's like saying, right, we've worked on it all week. We know, we know what we're doing. We know our jobs. Anybody got a question? So I put, puts my hand up. And Peter really like looks at me. He says, "Really? He went. We've worked on it all week. What, what question could you possibly ask me?" And this is no word of lie. I went right. I went after. I said, "I'm not being funny." I said, "But I said 
I'm Mark Ingenio, yeah? He went, yes. I went, right. I went, do you want me to sit next to him on the bench or do you want me to just run around on the pitch? And he turned around and he looked at the board and realised Janino was on the bench. He was like, oh, my God, he was just like that. And the weirdest thing is it gave me a, it gave me a kind of a free role. Um, and I wouldn't generally normally be in, inside the box for set pieces. Uh, I would normally sit at the edge of the box. Um, and I get I had licence just to, to get in the box. And fortunately enough, I made a run. I, I lost my marker and I managed to you know get across uh, the keeper and head it in the top corner. Um and at that point, I just, I, I'm not a regular goal scorer. I didn't know what to do. Okay, so so I went, cut my you ears. Went mental, you? you went mental. Yeah, I went mental. I, I went mental. I cut my ears. And like, I was like, because obviously they were, they were all booing me at the start in the warm up, except so I cut my ears. And that, and when I think back to it, it's probably the worst thing I could have ever done. <laughs> but I just didn't know, I just didn't know what to do. I was just running about all over the place. Um, but again, you know, we won the game one nil, you know, and it was, it was, it was a massive game for us. You know, we needed the three points at the time. And, you know, it was a massive occasion. And then, let's say, two days later, I was celebrating my birthday. So, you know, it went down really well. Did you get plenty of stick from the Borough fans? Yeah, I got I got plenty of stick, yeah. I mean, obviously, bearing in mind, my my family lives in Middlesbrough, um, you know, and they're Middlesbrough fans. They didn't go down too well. I don't think they supported me for a while. <laughs> it was a good header, though, good header. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, actually, yeah. I had, I had big, long curtains then, though, so I had big, long hair, so... <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if you did or not, but did you um, come across Ingy at Sunderland when you were there? Yeah, yeah, I was there. Well, yeah, well, my, Michael was there for a while. What yeah, was I mean, like? he was. Yeah, he's a great, just as mad as he is now. You know, he, he, he you know, he's a great, he's a great lad. Um, you know, again, you know, some guy, some lad, you know, who stuck at it and worked hard uh, to get where he got. You know, obviously, I know he represented his country. Um, you know, and and you know to do that. You know, for him, you know, at the time, he, you know, he, he was over the moon, and and you know, we were all buzzing for him because he was, like I say, he was a great lad to have around the training ground, great lad to have in the dressing room, um, and you know, I've I've been fortunate enough, like I say, to take the field with him, and I've also been fortunate enough to, you know, to to be along the coaching side with him now with I to I. Yeah, similarly to Ingy, you also uh, played at the iconic Wembley Stadium back in '98, I think it was. Before we touch on on the game. Um, just what was it like for you to walk out on that on that hallowed turf, the National Stadium, in front of seventy seven thousand people? Mate, I, I'm I'm starting to shiver now. You got you've got me all shivery. So honestly, mate, it was crazy, crazy. It was mad because I remember the I remember the the semi final games against Sheffield United leading up to it. Um, and the first game we didn't play particularly well uh, at, at Bramall Lane, and uh, you know we were we were disappointed um, in, in our performance there. But then you know two 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 three nights later we were playing at home, um, and and approaching the stadium alight at the time it was like a carnival atmosphere, you know the, it was but it was one of those it was one of those proper English nights of football where it's like it's very hazy you know it's low cloud and, and we stepped onto the pitch at, uh, at the stadium alight and it just erupted honestly but we knew and we had that slight confidence that we would get to the final, but when we got to the final it was just un- unbelievable I mean you coming out that tunnel and. And the fans are absolutely meant. It was jam packed. Um, you know, you could not hear yourself. You know, talk. It was. It was that crazy. There was obviously fireworks going off. It was. The, but the worst thing is, we had this this new gold kit on, and it it was like wearing a suit of armor. It was. I had in the lining as well, and at pitch side it was a hundred odd degrees, oh, and we were God. absolutely frying. And I swear, honestly, it was as it was the thickest kit you could have wore that day. And we were absolutely roasting. Um, but, for, I mean, the atmosphere was just immense, mate. It was crazy. And, you know, I think a lot of people have said it, you know, probably one of the best finals for a neutral ever, you know, to, to actually sit and watch um, because it was just end-to-end. So how did you deal with, I'm guessing you were nervous walking out, how did you deal with the nerves of uh, playing in such a, front of such a massive crowd for a massive game as well? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it was it was one because we had quite a few uh, younger lads in the side, you know, obviously include myself. Um, so it was a massive experience for us, and that we needed to we needed to kind of take on board as quickly as we could and get over your nerves in it. And as much as you say you weren't nervous, you, you know, you were nervous because you know you, you, we played all throughout the season, and, and unfortunately we we kind of let ourselves down because we should have gone about automatically that year. Um, but we had, you know, we drew a couple of games against Q- We drew a game against QPR. 
one night at two two. Um, you know, and we let ourselves down with a with a, a couple of games that obviously knocked us out the uh, automatic promotion. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to deal with. I think you've just you've just got to cra- kind of cut out the crowd as much as it was that loud in there. You've got to try and cut out the crowd and, and concentrate on the game. And and this is what I say to the guys. I think I said if you focus enough on the game um, and on what you're doing in the game. Um, or what you're what you're doing as a team in the game, as daft as it sounds, seventy thousand people in there, you can actually close, you can actually shut off for them. You know, as much as you you've got the sound bit in the background, but you, it's it's more or less muffled in a sense because you're too concentrating on what you what your job is and what you're doing. You know, and that's what we try and get the lads to do is focus as much as they can um, on 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 their job, and then after the after they're doing their job well, then obviously now then you can start you know. Not having to go at people, but start encouraging people, you know, and getting people alongside you, um, and 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 that's a way you obviously you, you know you build as a as an individual and as well as a team. Yeah, just looking at that game, then I mean, it really was absolutely crazy, wasn't it? I mean, you said it was one of the best finals ever, and I, I don't dispute that one bit. Uh, for all after extra time, I mean, just crazy. Yeah, it was honestly. I I think I think either one of us could have gone seven nil up, and it would have finished seven seven. <laughs> it was just. It was just going to be one of those games. It was just. It was bizarre. It was well, just. Was, was it just the defense, or was it, was it nerves on both sides, or why was it so open? Do you know? I, I think. Okay, I think. I think. Yeah. I think we were. We were two teams that were. Were, you know, we, we went for games. You know, we, we went for the throat, um, and I think you know there was an odd mistake made by you know different people you know throughout the pitch, uh, you know which obviously, obviously in the end ended up you know. Maybe he's conceding a goal, or maybe he's conceding a corner, which obviously then would concede a goal. And I think it was just it was minor little errors, but it was the fact that we were both just going for each other, uh, and I think that's what made it such an such an exciting game um, because it was you know it was end to end, and it was you know it was wholeheartedly you know played at a hundred mile an hour, um, you know, and and we did it. But like I say, you know, unfortunately, you know, the outcome wasn't you know the outcome that. You know, obviously, everybody wanted for you know from a Sunderland point of view. Yeah, so eventually went to a a penalty shootout, lottery at his penalties. Um, I think it was Mickey Gray who missed the crucial penalty for yourselves. I think everyone scored up until Mickey stepped yeah. up and missed. Um, where were you in order of the uh, penalty takers? Were you up next? Well, no. Well, this is this is a, this is a funny question, a funny thing actually, because I was supposed to take that penalty um, that Mickey Why? Gray took, but Mickey Gray kind of said, "No, I feel I'm feeling really confident to Bobby Saxton." Because I'd said to Bobby, I'll take it. And Bobby was like, right, okay. And Mickey said, no, I'm feeling really confident. I'll take it. So obviously then Mickey took, well, probably probably took priority with him being a bit more of a senior player. Um, so then obviously I went down the pecking order to the, to the next one. So, you know, but I was, that was my penalty. And, I, you know, but unfortunately because of how it was put down and, you know, whether it was Bobby Saxon or whether it was Mickey just wanted to take it, it was put down in a different order. And obviously I, I ended up, should have been after Mickey really. It could have been so different then. Yeah, I mean, it could have been. Yeah, it could have been me who was dying my hair. And, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, you wish you could have kind of changed that, or are you kind of glad. I do, yeah, I do, I do because, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I think when I was obviously younger, when I was in at the youth level, YTS level, you know, academy level, we call it now. Um, you know, I, I took penalties week in week out. Um, you know, so from my point of view, although I was a defender. You know, I was still relatively confident about taking penalties, um, but like I say, yeah, you know, I wish it, I wish it was me in a sense. And you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying I would definitely 100 percent would have scored it because you know you just don't know. But I, you know, I was confident enough to put myself forward for one. Definitely would have scored. I definitely, definitely would have scored. <laughs> um, <laughs> how how did you deal with the disappointment? Then were you kind of one that put your arm around the lads, or were you one that needed picking up? It was. Um, no, I mean, it was a funny one because you, you're kind of numb at the time. You know, it's a bit like, you know, you wait for it all to sink in. Um, and I think, you know, we looked around and, you know, as we were leaving the, the, the pitch after the, the ceremony of the trophy and that, uh, we looked around and basically you looked at the fans and then you could see the fans' disappointment. But as much as they were disappointing, they were still very encouraging and very supportive. Um so we sat in the dressing room and it, it was quiet for about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. It was like like time stood still, like somebody pushed pause or something. Um, and then it took 
for now, Quint to stand up um, and just basically say, look, lads, we know, we know what's happened. You know, we know what we could have done, what we should have done. Um, but when we take everything from this game into next season and all the experience we've had of this this season, and his words were, we'll go and walk for the league next year. And it, and it wasn't and it wasn't said in a, in a, in a cocky way or, or arrogant or a, you know, it was just said in a confident way because we knew what, what we'd learned that season and we knew that final it taught us a, a, a massive lesson um, and obviously the next season you know we, we did that you know we went on to you know to to achieve you know the highest point in the in the in the championship um, you know and I think also as well you know we, we weren't far off keeping us keeping as many clean sheets as, uh, as as some of the teams had in the Championship for a long time. Yeah, just looking at your Sunderland and Premier League career as a whole, was there any players that you were somewhat nervous to come up against in your career or were you kind of not phased by anyone really? No, I mean, I, yeah, I was always given the, the job to to kind of man-mark, you know, the the kind of key players in teams. Um, you know, I, you know I've, I've marked Zola, uh, Gianfranco Zola, uh, Thierry Henry, um, Obviously, Janino at Middlesbrough, um, you know, Ryan Giggs, you know, the you know the list of players who you, you know you've come up against, and when you look back on it, you know it, it's 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 amazing, you know, it's amazing. But I was given those tasks, and and to be fair, I would say ninety nine percent of the time I stood up to those tasks and, and did my job, um, you know, and I think that's why. You know, they had a lot of confidence in me, you know, playing in different positions and and also obviously, you know, trying to utilise my my skills and my abilities to the best uh, and obviously nullifying other other players on the team. Yeah, you mentioned Gianfranco Zola there and Thierry Henry. Um, what was that like trying to man-mark them? I mean, you said you're 99% successful, but did you ever get the run around or were you always kind of... Are they in your no, pocket? I did I think the, the you know the the only guy who really gave me probably once he gave me the, the right run around was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He was so really? clever, so clever. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he wasn't. Don't get me wrong, he wasn't. He wasn't the fastest player. You know, I've been up against. He, you know, he probably wasn't the most technical player I've been up against. But he, he was so clever. He literally just would. He would find a yard, and you know, he would find five yards. It, you couldn't take your eye from him for a second, and it, it was one of those where if you did. You know, you know for a fact it was either going to end up in a goal, or you 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 know you were going to have a hell of a job to get back and try and get the ball off him. Um, but no, nah, I mean, you know, I, I loved, you know, I, lo- I loved doing that. You know, it was it was part and parcel of my game. Um, but I also loved, you know, the the fact that when I was at Sunderland and I played and I played centre half, uh, basically, I, I they give me the um, they they give us a role to play out, you know, and 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 get the ball and play out and. And allow us to express ourselves on the ball, which was great for us. You know, you, you don't maybe see many centre halves stepping into the the space, and or maybe he's taking on the centre forward and he's you know just outside of his own box and stuff. But they allowed us to do that. You know, so long as we so long as we didn't lose the ball, that was the main thing. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we we were given a bit of freedom to do that. Yeah, I mean, I remember posting a, a clip onto I2I social media over a year ago now, and it was a. Um, it was you getting quite friendly with a certain Frenchman, Patrick Vieira. What what happened there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, basically, obviously, uh, I, th- I think it was it was close to the start of the season. It might, might have been being the first game of the season, um, and we were winning one nil. Um, and I I think I'd just come back from injury over the course of the close season, uh, so I was on the bench. So Peter Reid obviously seen Arsenal starting to get back on top of the game a little bit. Um, so he gave me a shout and asked me to go on and and obviously just you know try and get hold of Vieira and my mark him and you know try and you know take not take him out of the game because that sounds totally wrong but um, just just you know just try and slow him down and, and stop him creating the, you know the stuff that he was creating really you know we all know he's you know he's a great player he's a fantastic player um, and we obviously managed we got in a bit of a tussle um, you know the ball bounced between us and then broke for Vieira and we were kind of scrapping away at each other. Um, but then, unfortunately, like he, he kind of swung his arm across my face um, and caught me like right, right on the bridge of the nose, where you know, just when your eyes water and you kind of so obviously, I, you know, I, I went down and you know, not in a, in a sense to get him sent off in any way, shape, or form because that's not the type of player I am. I, you know, 
I've been in situations myself, you know, where you know players have gone down and stayed down. But you know, I don't think it's any any way in shape or form of trying to get you sent off. It's just it was just the way he caught me it was just a bit of a like where your head's spinning a little bit still. Um, but unfortunately, he got dismissed, um, which obviously Pete Reid was happy about because obviously they were down to ten men. Uh, and but in a sense, I kind of did my job, but not my job to go on and get him sent off. But obviously, I did my job to to kind of like. Getting frustrated and you know and, and and take his his side of the game away. Yeah, I think I think Patrick should have should have uh, picked on somebody's own size because it was a, was a massive difference between you two, aren't there? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know what I mean. He, he shouldn't pick on Big Daz, should he? At the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that same note, then was there a, was, was there a central midfielder that was just incredibly tough that you remember locking horns with in the Premier League? I know you mentioned Solskjaer, but in terms of midfielder, did you come across Roy Keane or anyone like that? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I played up against Roy Keane at, uh, obviously at Old Trafford. Um, he played in, in the centre of midfield with Paul Scholes at the time, but me and Claudio Reyna played in there. Um, and Claudio Reyna, obviously, you know, eye-to-eye American, you know, great guy, fantastic guy, great feet, techni- technical abilities, unbelievable. Um, and, and to be fair, we, we kind of, we done extremely well that day, um, although we did lose 2-1. Um, but, you know, it, up against Keane and scores, myself and Claudio did extremely well. Um, you know, manager said that after the game, the fans said that, you know, outside the ground, etc. You know, how well we've done against, obviously, two two great, you know, international players, you know, really. Um, but I came up against Vinnie Jones in my first season at Sunderland, which was, a, you know, was a bit of a, a clash. Because um, obviously at that point, I did play centre midfield against him. And, you know, we clashed in the air a few times, we clashed on the floor. Um, but I remember... Um, it was quite round about the middle of the game and I remember it was a 50-50 tackle on the halfway line and I, I wasn't one to shy out of tackles uh, as as wasn't Vinnie Jones but uh, I managed to go in and win the ball but managed to you know to get Vinnie as well a little bit at the same time and you know weirdly enough I was expecting him to jump up and, and have a go at me um, but he actually he stood up grabbed me by the hand and he went brilliant tackle that mate and then just jogged off you know and he was just you know, and for some guy like that who can be a hothead and, can, you know, can get in your face, you know, I think he respected me the fact that I was a young lad and I didn't pull out the challenge with him. Um, you know, so probably, you know, he is probably one of the toughest guys I've probably come up against. Tell you what, you won't get that nowadays, would you? There'd be a lot of rolling about. <laughs> no, no, no. We're just still being down for three weeks later. <laughs> um, look, looking at the international picture, you managed to... Um make a couple of appearances for the England under-21s, didn't you? I mean, what, what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it was fantastic. Um, you know, I played against France, I played against Switzerland, um, played against, I played for the B team against um, Russia. Um, I mean, fr- when we played France, you know, it was at Derby, Derby's ground, um, and everybody was kind of going on about this guy, um, Thierry Henry. Uh, but obviously, at this time, he hadn't really come to the forefront of, you know, his Arsenal career, etc. So I don't really know much about him, to be quite honest. Um, I watched a few videos when we were obviously we were down at England training camp, um, and we managed to beat them that day two one. Um, and I, you know, I felt quite comfortable playing up against him. But then a few years later, I played against him at Arsenal, and he's a completely different player. You know, Arsene Wenger brought him on leaps and bounds. Uh, and he was, you know, he was immense. And he, it was a lot tougher challenge two or three years later than it was obviously when I initially played against him for the twenty ones. Um, but like I say, you know, great, great player, great player. But I think when in the B team when we played Russia at uh, Loftus Road, QPR, uh, we had Matt Letizia played. Um, you know, Yelez Ferdinand, Ian Walker, um, you know, Jamie Redknapp, you know, Frank Lampard. And Letizia absolutely ran the show. I don't even think he broke sweat. The guy, I, think, I literally don't. He scored three goals. He scored three goals, and I don't think he broke sweat. I've still got, I've got the jersey signed from that game. It was like we played in the red, the red jersey, um, and I've got it signed with obviously Ferdinand and Letizia and all that. And, and I, when I see it in a wardrobe, I just think, I just think back to the fact that Matt Letizia didn't actually break sweat in that game, and he scored three goals. It was just amazing, like you know. But we managed to win three 0 and he, you know, he scored three without even breaking sweat. It was just crazy. But what a fantastic talent he was! 
Uh, were you kind of overawed going to train and play with England and some of them names? Or were you a sense that you're just one of them guys that just gets on with it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I just get on with it. You know, for me, you know, I always say, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I've been a footballer, in it, you know, I've, yeah, so I've played in the Premier League. Yeah, and I've played in every division in in England, to be quite honest. Um, and obviously, I've, I've represented the country at, you know, 21s and B level. You know, because some people say, oh, yeah, but, you you know, you you did this, you did that, you were... Yeah, but I'm just a normal person. You know, I'm just a person who who, uh, who had, was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to play, you know, football as a career. Um, you know, you're no different to anybody else. Um, you know, I've, I've been on the, the plane, sat in front of the likes of David Beckham, going, you know, going on the England duty. You know, and it's just, yeah, you know, these guys are, you know, immense, but... I think you know they would be the same. You know, they, they you, you just you know you, you're a guy who's yeah you you're an icon to to, to some people and also or the fans etc. You know, or, the, or, or young young lads might look up to to you, but you're just a guy who's had a, a great opportunity of, of doing what he wanted to do. You know, in life. When your time at Sunderland was coming to an end, I know you went out on loan initially. Um, was it tough to take, seeing as you were there for what eight or so seasons? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was, I was just, I was just shy in nine seasons, um, and it was frustrating because we hit financial difficulty. Um, you know, there was a lot of staff losing the jobs. Um, you know, we'd taken a, a a week's salary and for twelve months put aside, uh, so the club obviously financially could be try and stabilise themselves. Um, although you know we did get that money back in the end, but you know it was a thing that we did to try and stabilise the club as much as we could, um, and it was disappointing in the end to have to go. Yeah, because you know I wanted to stay. Uh, you know I, I, I approached Mick McCarthy and I said, you know I, I'm happy to take a pay cut um, to stay. Um, you know because I don't really want to leave. You know I'm happy I'm settled, um, but unfortunately you know the. the the decision was made that you know I need I needed to go. Although, like I said, you know I was never on mega money, but you know I was happy to take a pay cut to say because I'd can't like like I told you I'd been taken in. You know I'd been taken in by someone. You know the fans etc. Um, and I, it felt so comfortable for me and it just felt so right. Um, but unfortunately, like I say, I had to go. I had to go to Cardiff and and there was a few things along the way that you know got messed up for me um, by some by a certain agent type person but obviously we won't go into that um, but I, yeah you know I, I wish in the long and the short that you know they, they, they give me the opportunity to stay on, on less money um, because I, like I say I didn't really want to leave and, that, and that's no disrespect to where I've been because everywhere I've been I've you know I've given my all and I've you know I, I've appreciated everything you know and I, and I always appreciate you know the fans you know week in week out regardless of whether we win lose or draw um, you know, I, I always, I've always been a player who stands in the dressing room and says, "Don't be coming in and whinging if we've got beat and you're getting booed." Do you know what I mean? Because you won't be whinging next week when we win and we're getting cheered. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, I've always been that way, and you know, I think you've got to take the rough with the smooth. And um, you know, I think when players understand that and see that and realise that, I think you know you become a better player yourself. Yeah, you went on to have spells also at Hartlepool and, and Bradford. Were you adapting your game at this point in your career then? Yeah, yeah, was, you know, it's different, you know, you, you've got different levels, um, you know, unfortunately in football and, and in different styles, uh, different, you know, you, you're under different management, you know, you, you trip differently at times. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, you, you're adapting um, and it, it's weird, it's weird when you're kind of coming out because when you come out, you can come out really quickly or you can kind of linger for a while and, and, and play at, you know, certain levels, but there was there was a you know there was there was points in the in in my career where you know I I felt I'm a, I'm a losing the love for football a little bit you know but not in a, not in a bad way but I just felt you know I'm a happy I'm a losing the love of football and and I think that probably hit more home when I went to Dundee uh, up in Scotland um, I was away I was away like all week I was trying to get home on a weekend obviously to see my kids and that because. On the strength of the contract I had, it wasn't really worthwhile getting anywhere up there that would to move the family because of the kids were in school, they were all settled, and you know I didn't want to disrupt them. Um, and and weirdly enough, I had a two-year contract and I, I did a year, and then I cancelled the last year and came home because I just 
I wasn't settled and I thought I'm not settled and I'm not I'm not giving my everything and I, and me as a person and me as a player I've got to be happy and be giving my all otherwise I'm letting people down and I, I you know I don't want to do that uh, once you retired from from playing professionally you tried your hand at management just how tough of a job is is managing regardless of what level that is yeah I mean it's it's a tough job it is a tough job but for me, I think part-time football management is, and I can only speak from from what I've heard, and because obviously I haven't been in full-time, uh, I haven't been to a, to a full-time club and managed a club at that level, so I don't know. But I can only go off what I've heard. Part-time is, is harder, you know. You, yeah, your job is not part-time. You know, as a manager, I was, you know, I went through a spell of having to ring people's works and get them off work to come and play. You know, I was having to allow people, allow lads to drive down in cars after work, and because they wouldn't make the bus time pick up, and because they didn't finish on time, and it and it's a tough job because you're constantly on the phone. Um, you know, but when I first took over Whitby, we were like, say, we were 13 points adrift um, in the league, and we were rock bottom. And it was, you know, the chairman actually said to me, "Oh, we'll plan for the Northern League next year," and I was like. I've not been in the job 24 hours yet and you're telling me we're going down. You know, I said, you just give me the opportunity and give me the chance. You know, don't speak any of this in the press. Don't say anything to it, you know, this because it, it has a negative effect on the lads. Um, so, you know, I said, give me the, give me the responsibility. I said, I'll, I'll shoulder it. And, you know, I said, I did say, you know, I will get us out of this. You know, we will get out of it. Because I was, I was quietly confident because I'd been, at, I'd been playing at that level as well. So I knew, I knew the level and I knew obviously, players um, and we managed to go 16 games unbeaten and obviously survive that season um, and then obviously we went on to progress each year after that um, but then unfortunately again you know with the situation of obviously finances etc um, we couldn't then match the likes of Darlington and Spenny Moore you know their their money that they were handing to players so I lost a lot of my players you know to, to the likes of Darlington and Spenny Moore and teams like that Um because of financial financial reasons. So moving on to your role here at the I2I Soccer Academy now. For those that aren't aware, you are one of our lead coaches at Northumbria Campus in Newcastle. How much do you enjoy uh, working with our student-athletes up there? I, do you know what? It's fantastic. I mean, you know, even through difficult times that we've had, you know, it's fantastic. Um, you know, since I've started, you know, even in York, uh, you know, I love the time there. Uh, working with the guys. Obviously, this opportunity came up at Newcastle, which is, you know, closer to home for me, um, you know, and, and it makes a bit more sense. As much as I miss, I do miss York, I miss all the guys down there because, you know, it was such a great atmosphere, not only with the the, the IY student athletes, but the, you know, the coaching staff, you know, even, even the staff in and around the, the facilities, uh, you know, we used to have some, some great laughs, great times, you know, enjoyable times, but, you know, we're creating that up here now, you know, we're, we're getting that sense of, of what it is, what it's like down in York, you know, how the, the program's grown and grown and keeps growing. Um, and the guys are great. You know, the guys are, guys are fantastic. They've got a great attitude. Um, you know, no matter what time you put training on, they'll be there. Um, you know, they want to keep training and training and training. You know, and, and we obviously, as, as ex-coaches, ex-players, you know, we want to kind of, we're trying to give them all the experience that we've had, you know, and we even try and sit them you need to rest, you need to rest, you need to rest. And they're like, no, no, we just need to go and train. And I was just like, no, it's like, you know, we treat it as a, as a professional academy, um, you know, and this is what we're trying to get across to the guys. If, you know, if you play on a Tuesday night, you know, on a Wednesday, is your cool down day. It's either a cool down day or it's a rest day, you know, and that's how it would be done at a pro club. And, and we're trying to give you all these uh, things of how it is at a pro club because, it, you know, like we've had in the, in, in the ITY Academy, we've had guys go professional. You know, but if we keep the program professional and as professional as we can, then these guys know that if they get the opportunity to go on and become a professional, then if they play on a Tuesday night, they'll be having a cool down or a rest day on the Wednesday. So they're already in that that mindset and they already know how it works. You know, um, but the guys are so enthusiastic and they want they want to do they want to learn they want to you know everything they've got questions you know day in day out you know which we're happy to answer because. You know, I'd sooner have that than some. You know, there's somebody turn up really quiet and not say anything. Um, and we've seen lads, lads who've turned up who were really quiet, but you give them a month or so down the line, and we we bring them out the shell and 
and they're starting to mingle and they're starting to enjoy things and you know and we're giving trying to give them all the life's experiences as possible uh you know and, and make this a, a not only a from an educational point of view as well you know they're going to get a fantastic degree you know an opportunity to go and play against professional teams uh you know semi-pro teams an opportunity to to maybe make a career in football and if not maybe he's make a career in coaching in football and if you know we give them all these opportunities but we want to make everything that we do you know as enjoyable as possible for him yeah and you had a you had a very competitive first year didn't you with some excellent performances last year yeah, we did. Yeah, I mean, you know, the guys, the guys, you know, really good. I think at, at first we we struggled a little bit, and I think you know we we sat down and we watched the games, you know, with the match analysis and stuff, and you know we we, we asked the players questions and we wanted you know feedback from them to see what they'd learned from the game and you know to see what they thought of it. And I think the biggest part was the physicality side of the game. We struggled a little bit with, but then we've got the S and C sessions going on. And once the guys got into the SNC sessions, once the guys got into the training day in, day out, you know, the the games week in, week out, uh, they started to, to deliver on that side of things. They started to compete, you know, and, and some of the games were, you know, were fantastic. You know, there was, you know, it was a bit like the playoff finals, you know, there was goals galore going in, you know, it was just mental, but but they loved it, you know. And even if even if they, they lost three two or four two. But they had a fight, fighting spirit, and the, and the battle back into the game, and this, and they still come off with a smile on their face because they knew they'd, get, they'd done everything possible. But just unfortunately, on on that night, it wasn't their night. Yeah, and it certainly helps when you've got a prolific goal scorer like Brian Miller, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, I, I call him Super Kev because uh, <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know he, he goes on about Kev Phillips, but yeah, I mean, you know, he, he, he's great. He's a great lad. He, He's he's a guy that you can look at um, as a you know even if he was he played in the same team as me I could look at him and think he gives it he gives his all you know he gives his everything you know he works hard I think what we we're trying to do now is just is slow him down a little bit and try and keep him in areas that he's going to be more prolific in um, and, and you know we're, we're working with him and and to be fair he's taking everything on board but it's not only that I think what we've what we're starting to create now up at Northumbria is is that team bonding? Is that togetherness? You know, and all the guys are getting on really, really well, and and you can see the difference in the in the games. And weirdly enough, if you get a, t- a team that's together and, and that's bonded really well, it, it shows on the pitch, and we're starting to see that now, and, and it's developing the, the players uh, in a, in a much better way. So, for any prospective I to I athletes that may be listening to this that are thinking about joining our program, you'd say come to Northumbria. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, we like I say, we are creating this environment now. You know, and it's, you know, and that's not taken away from from, from York because obviously, you know, it, it's fantastic down there. But you know, we're creating such a good environment. You know, the guys that are together. You know, we, you know, we, we try and do as much as we can. You know, um, you know, as a team. You know, as 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 two teams. You know, really thinking of ideas and different ideas. You know, we we do competitions. You know, on uh, on WhatsApp. You know, so we'll we'll, we'll stick a competition on so everyone's involved. Uh, you know, we, we've had our we've had uh, the goal team down to the beach uh, last year, where we you know we went on a cool down. They went in the it's sea. Silly. You know, as much as the UK and it's free, it was freezing at the time. They went in the sea. Um, you know, and, and it was all good. It was you know it was all good fun and uh, you know and like I say, we, you know we we take them to games. You know, Sunderland games, etc. And you know, get them to experience that side of things. And just finally, guys, we'll end on some uh, some exciting news. Our brand new female program is going to be launching this year at Northumbria. How big is this going to be for the program? You know, you know, I think it, I think it's really going to be massive. To be quite honest, I mean, you know, I haven't having my time in the states when I've been over with I to I and we put on obviously our camps that we do, uh, our ID clinics, um, and speaking to parents at the, the the competitions, you know, that we've been to to to, to watch the lads and you know and, and kind of pinpoint who you know who would fit well in with with the academy, etc. A lot of parents have said to me, do you, you know, do do you do a girls' program? And unfortunately, at the time, we didn't. So it's obviously something that we've discussed over the last year or so, um, you know, as a company. And basically, you know, we're now we're now rolling that out. And and obviously, Northumbria is is you know is renowned for one of the best, you know, female football sides, teams, squads, you know, that have been in the last so many years in, in university football. Um, you know, so it's a fantastic opportunity for. And I know, obviously, we've you know we've got a few girls over at the moment, um, you know, that we've had previously. 
who are now playing for you know the likes of Gateshead and, and uh, Newcastle etc. So Daz, I think that'll just about do it uh, for today's episode. Uh, again, Daz, thank you very much for joining us on the i Five podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. No problem, mate. Yeah, loved it, mate. Anytime. And we'll uh, see you next time. If you would like more information on the i International Soccer Academy, please check out our website, www.i2isocceracademy.com and also our Instagram page, we are at i2isocceracademy.com.